Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to this Loose Tales special report on Bible Study Night, February 24th, 2021. It is Wednesday. Quick Dick McDick. Do we really call you that? <laughs> hey, you know what? My name is actually Dick, and everyone's like, uh, what, what do we call you, man? What do we call you? It's like, we well, Dick. I've, I've, I've been a dick all my life, right, since I was born, and my parents yeah. So. <laughs> well, I've been loose all my life, so it's a, kind of a nice combination, actually. Uh, I said it was Bible study because we may throw a Bible verse in there or two. I'm not opposed to that. That'd be all good. But I never do interviews at night because I sit here looking at this computer, talking to it all day or all morning, <laughs> and uh, I just don't do it at night. You went out of your way to be here, so this must be a really big deal. Fate this, brought us together, Dick. This must have had to have happened, I guess. Hey, yeah, I have, and, and typically, like, I try and go, like, either really early morning or late night because, like, uh, my days are obviously – busy days you know what i mean uh but any, anyone in agriculture has got busy days going on kind of thing right so you mean busy days like thinking about the next script and videoing and editing and talking quick <laughs> that's most of that stuff I, I try and do at night and then through the day i'll kind of have it planned out and just try and yeah. get it really fast you know what i mean <laughs> yeah well I had people sending me your stuff quite a while ago, maybe a year ago, I don't know. But then the the vegan margarine thing, I think I got it 14 times. And so finally I said, okay, okay, I'll call him. But I don't know why it is we have not crossed paths along the way. I love Saskatchewan. It's my favorite province. I don't mind telling the people in Alberta and Manitoba that. <laughs> well, that's, you know what? People in Manitoba and Alberta should know that everybody's favorite province is Saskatchewan. But, I mean, there are, there are brothers and sisters, too. So, I mean, it's, we all get along just fine. You know, it's just it's always good to throw those digs at each other a little bit. You know what I mean? But, uh yeah, um, it, actually, it was, Dick, it was crazy. I was I was shocked that we hadn't come across each other at, to this point in time too. After I stumbled across some of your stuff, I was like, "How have I not come across this guy yet?" Uh, Dick, we're gonna have to quit now because okay. Ruth Merrick, one of my longtime friends in Minnesota, just said, "Oh my God, I love this guy as much as you, Trent." Hey, if we're to even Stephen with Ruth, you're out of here. You're gone, buddy. <laughs> well, I didn't know I was gonna get that kind of time. Last day. Hello, yeah. Ruth. How are you? <laughs> Where's the hat? Uh, it's just around the corner. Do you want me to put it on? I just took it off. I guess I got hat yeah. here. Yeah, go ahead. We'll get it. Give me a second. Oh, I feel better now. You feel so better? So do I. I got my Russian sable. <laughs> this this just got a lot better in a big hurry. Yeah. You know, um, I wore this on the air last week every day because we were – 42 below wind chill on Tuesday, actual 30 below on Monday. And I was thinking I could be in moose jaw right now. <laughs> it was cold, man. Um, I, Trent, I've, like I've worked, uh, like I've worked in oil and gas career, a lot of different things too. And like I've worked up in, in the Arctic circle and I can say without pause or reflection that the Monday before last, when we were at, we were at 52 minus 52 Celsius with the wind. And that is the coldest day I've ever worked in my life. It was the wind was blowing so hard. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. You couldn't put your face into the wind. Uh, it was bad, man. We just got all the livestock yeah. as close to shelter as we could and just kept watering bowls working pretty much the whole time. So. Of course, I'm going to stop whining about the cold. I have friends that have pigs and, and whatnot, Blake and stuff at uh, Saskatoon. Two times in the last five years, his water lines have froze and yeah. they're 11 feet deep. Yeah. That's cold. Dick, it's do you cold. know there's a better way? <laughs> what's what's the better way? 
Shout to the border, man. Shout to the border. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets cold. We, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we, we had to actually run a circulating line on one there last year. And then we've actually, when we put a couple new ones in this year, we went down to 13 feet. And so far, wow. it's okay. But you really got to watch the traffic, where you run them and the traffic that's available to go over top of them because they'll actually pound the frost down into the line and wind up rupturing your lines sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. it's quite an quite a extravagant undertaking sometimes to survive in the elements. So, as much as I admire your wit, your intelligence and the ability to convey a great message. I do have uh, an improvement on the vegan margarine. Can I share I always, that with you? I always love hearing improvements. Absolutely. Well, you did a fabulous job describing the fossil fuel usage and, and you know, and what goes in there. <laughs> you, you forgot, you forgot about all of those rabbits, squirrels, pheasants, deer, coyotes, and other critters that are killed when you're out there killing the canola. <laughs> That are killed when we're ki- when we're killing the canola. If I, I wasn't yeah. actually, you, you need to. Else. There's a great Oregon State study that documents that uh, the number of animals killed in the tillage and harvesting of a crop is mind-boggling. And in fact, that study said that if we would stop eating animals and just plant all grains or all cereals and live off of a carbohydrate diet, um, that we would kill seven times more animals than we harvest animals for food. Because you don't think about those rodents and those birds and the deer. And in your case, you probably run over a moose once in a while <laughs> while you're harvesting that's pretty interesting. Actually, you know what? Uh, there has been, there has been one time I can, I can think of in, in my agricultural career that I have come close to, uh, to, uh, hitting a deer with a haybine. Actually, it wasn't in a canola crop. Um, and, uh, I actually wound up getting stopped. I actually saw it and actually wound up getting stopped. But, uh, you notice when you hit stuff that big and I've covered a lot of acres in a haybine and I can promise you that I haven't put one of them through there. Yeah. Uh, if it's if it's gophers, uh, we hunt those on uh, on on non-arable land. Usually, so like right. uh, it, it is where you'll find us hunting gophers and things like that. But it's it's funny what year people being like. We just switch straight over to a to a vegan diet, whatever it is. What do you what do you do with all the marginal land? Like, there's only so much arable land on planet Earth, and uh, as, as, um, far as, as far 30%, as thirty percent to be exact. Yeah, I knew you'd have the numbers after some years. Yeah, 30, 30% of the land mass is suitable for growing crops for humans. 70% will only be consumed by a ruminant animal. Marginal land, right? And that's yeah. like that's a that's a big thing where you see a lot of people that are so against beef farming and, and how we're slowly killing the environment with cattle with the amount of uh, methane that they that they emit. It's uh, It's just like... If we're going to switch over to just completely arable farmland and we're going to live off of that, and now a lot of people are starting to start the big push that we want to do it completely regeneratively as well. Mm-hmm. We're making a huge sacrifice in bushels per acre of what we can produce on that land. And last time I checked, our population is not going down globally. I think it's kind of headed skyward. I think Bill Gates has got a handle on that right now. He's killing people left and right. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, can't can't figure out why I got kicked off of YouTube yesterday either. By the way, that, that blows my mind. 
it, it's uh, it, it's it's really discerning, and that's it's kind of the reason that I did that video. And there's I've, I've got a few more in that genre coming up, but I'm, I'm going to be doing it in a little bit different of a style. It's it's actually going to be focusing a little bit on on green energy. And there's there's actually a lot of guys in this neck of the woods that have set up some solar panels and a few different things mm-hmm. here. And there's uh, like I I will never sit here and and just say like there's no room for solar, there's no room for wind, there's no room for any of this stuff, but. Uh, Everybody does a lot of these things around here with the mindset that you need base load power and we need our arable land. We need those acres. I mean, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of kooks out there nowadays that are uh, insinuating that a lot of the prairies of Saskatchewan and Alberta and, and uh, Manitoba should be painted with with solar panels and wind farms, which I mean is neat, but I don't think uh, I don't think you can grow a lot of crops. <laughs> so. Uh- my friends in Ontario tell me, and I think this was nationwide, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had a move where you, you were forced to go to solar, not just as an option. And you call it hydro, we call it electricity, tripled about five or six years ago. Was that nationwide or was that just no, over there with the white no, jobs? Was, yeah, that was that was Ontario, and I believe that was under the uh, Wynn and McGinty governments. Uh, I, I, I don't know a ton about it. I just know that it was it was a it was a huge movement by the Ontario government uh, to to push their population onto renewables, wind and solar. Uh, Ontario's got some really cool things going on. They've got the capacity to produce a lot of hydroelectricity by by damming reservoirs and things sure. like that. And uh, and they've also got a lot of nuclear uh, energy happening in Ontario. Um, which is, we just don't have a lot of that out here in Saskatchewan. When, like, when people want to start looking at damming areas and getting hydroelectricity going on, it, it, like, again, it goes back to the land problems that we're just, we're just going to flood out a whole bunch of land that we're trying to farm in order to try and get enough of a reservoir to be able to make hydroelectricity. It's, it's very flat here and we just physically don't have the capability to do it without sacrificing a whole pile of land. Right. So Sure. Um, yeah, but they they really did make a mess of things in Ontario in, in a big way, and yeah, it it wound up being a, a massive government subsidized uh, power and electricity and things that needed to uh, that needed to be subsidized by the government to make it anywhere near affordable, which was still three times of what people were used to paying. Right? Welcome to the new USA, comrade. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what got you started making the videos? Why there had to be something happened? It, it was. It was an accident, um, to be perfectly honest. Uh, uh, my dad, uh, if you've seen Big Mustache Al in any of my videos, um, he, he lives just close by here. And I was actually, I'd just come home from a, from a 20-year career in the oil field and uh, up in northern Alberta and Grand Prairie. And I'd come home, and uh, he heats primarily at his place with, with wood. And uh, we, we always keep a couple years ahead and keep, you know, 10, 15 cords of wood kicking around, cut and split. Wow. Um, yeah. And we were just going out to cut some firewood, which was a very normal, average, everyday thing. And uh, we were just going out for some reason. I, my bro- One of my brothers and a couple of guys that I uh, chuck wagon race with and stuff had convinced me to download. Oh, snack. whoa, whoa, whoa. Time <laughs> out. You're chuck wagon race? Uh, I, I am not a chuck wagon racer, but I've, I've spent a lot of time doing it, and I actually wound up hooking uh, teams with quite a few guys that have done quite well. Uh, okay, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. We'll come back to that. That's my that's like my only bucket list item left. Go ahead. It's it's yeah, we'll definitely come back to that. Uh, but 
yes, we were just going out to cut some firewood, and they do. They got me to download this Snapchat, which I like. I'm not a fan of Snapchat. I don't like it, uh, but I just. Uh, for some reason, I picked this name, Quick Dick McDick, as my username because I didn't want a whole bunch of people to find me on social media. So, uh, yeah, there's nobody going to find that. Screwed that up, I guess. Right? Yeah. That's, it'd be, you got to be careful when you Google that name. And don't use it as a Tinder profile because uh, you don't get any traction with it. Uh, trust me, I've tried. Um, anyways, we're just going out to cut some firewood. And, uh, and for some reason, we're in an old Saskatchewan farm truck, and we're having a couple of wobbly pops just going down the bush trail. It's on his, it's on his home quarter section of land there. We're just going out to where we cut trees. And I was looking around, and I was like, this is the funniest thing that I've ever been a part of in a long time. And I was like, I'm just going to make this like it's an infomercial. And I don't know, we'll call this Big Mustache Al Ventures. And yeah. I started making a whole bunch of jokes, inappropriate jokes about wood. And uh, and Bush and a whole bunch of different things like that. And uh, I just put it up to my story on Snapchat. And that's and like all of a sudden I wake up the next morning and I've got like 200 people trying to add me because these few people I've got were <laughs> and like it just like just took off from there. And I was like, how did this happen? And so I don't know. I just kept doing it on Snapchat like once a day. I'd put a minute little thing together right. once a day. And, uh, man, it just got bigger. And then it got to the point where I, I got sick of people because Snapchat things come down after 24 hours. You can't see them anymore, which is why I was putting it on Snapchat because some of it does not belong on social media. And, uh, and yet yeah. you haven't been banned. It, it, not no yet. I, I don't know why, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, people just kept going, uh, man, send me this one, send me that one, send me that one. And I, I started getting annoyed with it because I hate it when my phone's going off all the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on YouTube and you can watch it as much as you want there. Right. And then I did that. And all of a sudden, like it just, yeah, all of a sudden there's just a whole load of people subscribed and I've got Facebook and Twitter and all this other garbage. And here we are trying to make people laugh. <laughs> so, but, but here's the real deal. I, I do five radio programs a day, every day. The oh, wow. shortest one is three and a half minutes. Well, the longest one is an hour. Okay. And I was doing loose from the hip for two years, really, really good. Every day, Monday through Friday anyway. And I have found that it was tougher to stay disciplined with one or two minutes a day than it was to sit down and do my long-form programs. Is so, that right, right? Yeah. So hats off to you for continuing to, to pump them out there. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, like there's – so I did I, – I was uploading every Monday for an entire year. And like there was some of them that were getting up into the, you know, 10 to 15 minute mark. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will just be like, well, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And they'd be like, well, I'm working on it. But I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of cutaway production. And like when I started earlier, they'd start at like three minutes and then they started getting longer and longer and longer. Yeah. And uh, there was the one I was just doing a kid's video, just trying to show kids and their parents where oats come from and how we grow them here in Saskatchewan and whatnot. Because you felt it was time to sell your oats? That's <laughs> exactly what it was. <laughs> actually, oats, oats sold good this year. It was really good. Uh, and then we feed brown oats actually to uh, to our calvers there too. But uh, I, I like I sat down and counted them because I never have. And like I can't imagine the time that I had in a Megan that one. But I had uh, 220 clips. 220. I tried oh to make my goodness, clip. man. 
And then you get you try and get a different background all the time. And then you got to edit them all together and make sure they all flow and make sense. And it's uh, it, that's work. It, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, that's and work. a lot of them don't seem like you put very much into it. But uh, so I kind of stepped back a little bit from uploading every Monday because it was getting to the point where you were sitting at your computer at three o'clock every morning trying to get all this stuff together. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, and then those. Those pet, that pesky livestock kept getting in the way of it, you know what I mean? So. Well, plus big mustache owls calling, saying, hey, don't you know those cattle need to be fed at the same time every day? <laughs> exactly, right? It's But, I mean, it's it, it's always livestock first. It, it's everything first, and then this is always second, and, and that's the way I've always Sure, we'll, we'll take that to heart. Go ahead and tell us that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, but... Uh, who would have known this is where it was going to go? I, I really didn't. I really didn't think I was going to catch this much traction. And, uh, and you know, I've had the opportunity to meet some really neat people. And uh, and you get a lot of messages from people saying that, uh, you know, that they laugh when they watch it and that they wait for their, your videos to come up and everything. And that's great. I'm glad that people are getting a kick out of it and enjoying it. And I hope they learn a thing or two when they're watching it. And uh, yeah. I don't know. you just, just got to try and keep having fun with it and keep it keep it fun for your viewers too, right? You know, there's there are people who, who try to do things that make people laugh. And, and let's be honest, we need a good laugh today in the Absolutely. world. But what you do so well is you provide such an educational component to the laughter, and, and that's a great talent. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that. And I, I, I've talked on a few podcasts about it uh, uh, previous, but – People are more receptive to even if it's an opinion that you're that you're bringing across. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of my stuff that I do that I'm sharing my opinion with people, whether they agree with it or not, or whether they like it or not. But yeah. if, if you have people like interested in what you're doing, and some people don't even find humor in what I do, but they'll be they'll like be paying attention to what's happening in the background, where you know right. I'm in a tractor one minute, and then I've got cattle behind me in another minute, and then the next I've got a I'm in Morty, and I've got a snowmobile behind me, kind of thing. It just keeps them you know, interested in what's going on. And man, if you can just tickle that funny bone on somebody just a tiny little bit, they, they stop being as defensive or, uh, or, you know, smooth or whatever you want to call it, how they just, they just don't want your opinion. They're not going to take it. If right. you can kind of get them to snicker and have a, have a good time, that's, that's a really good way to open up somebody's receptive side to information. And, uh, I'm not saying they need to agree with me. I'm not saying that I'm 100% right in anything that I'm saying, but all I offer is that other side of the opinion that you really don't hear a lot. And uh, I think the most important thing of a lot of the things that I do is, is making sure that what I'm talking about is happening behind me in the background so that sure. people can go see where you are with the opinion and where your opinion's coming from because they'd be like, oh, there's a guy that's he's actually doing this and it kind of makes sense because he's showing it happen to me because – a lot of people will form an opinion on something that they have no idea about or what they're doing. And uh, then they'll stick to that opinion and don't want it changed when a lot of the times it, it might not be a very good opinion, you know? Well, this is all good stuff. I, I really expected you when I said, where did it all start, that you would say, well, but two buddies and myself were in a bar. <laughs> well, and instead, it starts with my dad and I went out to cut cord of firewood. You know, that just kind of changes the whole tenure. For the record, we were drinking beer. <laughs> no, you were not. You were drinking wobbly pop. Is that what you yeah, called that, it? Yeah, that's right. It was wobbly pop. So there's a difference between a wobbly pop and a belly band-aid, right? So the wobbly pop is what leads to a hangover, and then the next morning you need a belly band-aid, which is a wobbly pop with clamato juice and a little bit of Tabasco in it there. That'll 
dump some homemade pickle juice in there too. So and you, you Canadians are the one that started putting that clam and tomato juice in a good beer, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't do it all the time, but sometimes it's, it's just what the doctor ordered. You know what I mean? Have you been to Nebraska? I have not. Um, and you know what? I actually, two summers ago, I went on a really, really big tear down into the States on, on a motorcycle. And uh, Nebraska is the one place I did not get through. Got lost in Sturgis, did you? <laughs> I, I did not. Uh, actually, <laughs> I, I stopped in Sturgis for fuel, and it was two weeks before the bike rally. Uh, and I was on my way because I'm actually I'm not much of a like a biker dude kind of guy. I just like to get out on the road and go. But uh, yeah. it was it was really cool. I think I was I think I hit 27 states, so I did not bad. Um, 27 states and not Nebraska. I know, right? I, oh, saving the best for last. I see. You don't want to come to Nebraska. Yeah. Takes, right? yeah. Well, but, I really appreciate the opportunity to catch up. I think we might have to do this again. And don't come to Nebraska without giving me a holler. Next time I come up to Saskatchewan, if they ever let me in again. Uh, actually, absolutely. I've never had trouble, Dick, getting into Canada. It's coming home that I get hung up. What? Don't you know Canadians will take anybody here? Like, sure, come on, you know, sleep on my couch if you want. I got beer and some fresh steak in the fridge. Come on, get on over here. It's all. Yeah. Uh, I do have to tell you my one funny story about that. I was driving to uh, Lethbridge actually. All right. And I was crossing at Sweetgrass, I think. Right, Sweetgrass is just north of um, Shelby, Montana. Yeah. Coming into South. Okay. So I pull up there, and the guy makes me go in. And the individual in front of me is talking to the custom, the border agent, and he's not buying. The border agent's not buying what this guy from somewhere in the Middle East is telling him about his wife is waiting for him in Calgary. You notice I said it the Canadian way, Calgary. <laughs> anyway, so this guy's pretty, the customs agent, he's pretty frustrated by the time he gets done. And it was just about the time when you had to have a birth certificate. You didn't have to have a passport, but you had to have a birth certificate right. to get in. I didn't have a birth certificate. I had a copy of my birth certificate. So I gave this to him and he picks it up and he says, do you, do you know what this is worth? And I said, ah, if you get it at the right store, probably a penny and a half. <laughs> he said, that's exactly right. What makes you think I'm going to let you in my country with this penny and a half piece of paper? And why don't you have the original? I said, well, because my mom faxed me the copy because she didn't trust me with the original. And she was probably right. It was like a quick dick moment. He just like started laughing. He said, ain't no mama's boy a threat to my country. Boom, stabbed me and I got in. <laughs> That's fantastic. Actually, and I, I love the fact that we can talk about faxes like they're cutting edge technology too. You know, we just got them last week. So and everyone's like, faxes are outdated. I was like, what are you talking about? We just got them here. Facts? I got facts. I'm a fact checker. What kind of facts you want? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. We could do this all night here. <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. Well, we will for sure do it again. You got any profound bits of wisdom to leave us with today? Uh, you know, uh, I always like to leave people with a good little piece of advice. And uh, coming, we'll do a little Saskatchewan piece of advice. It comes from my okay. childhood back in the hunting days with Big Mustache Al. Um, we got a lot of badgers in this neck of the woods and they dig a lot of holes in the pasture and our horses used to trip up on them. Some kind of fierce, but if you're hunting a badger and you're a kid and you just want to bring him back so you can get yourself a badger pelt, make sure that the badger is dead before you grab him and roll him over or you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> All right. Quick kick. 
from Saskatchewan. He'll be back with another Badger story. <laughs> Loose tails, be gentle, stay firm. Have a great evening. We forgot the Bible verse.